You're listening to Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, I just said that with a straight face. Oh, I was going to say, mate, it uh, must be getting harder and harder to, to get that out. Yeah, it was. Um, and after a very disappointing performance against Frio, um, yeah, I can't say in enough words how poor a showing that was. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was pretty disappointing, mate. I mean, we've sort of briefly talked about it, you know, over the course of the episodes this year where we sort of said, you know, last year it looked like we were finally building a game plan. Um, you know, while we didn't always get the results on the board, we were building something that looked sustainable, that, you know, that was effort-based. We, we talked about this blue-collar culture. Um, but I don't know where that's gone, mate, because it's, it's out the window. There's no resemblance of that kind of style uh, that we've seen in these four weeks um, of the 2022 season. Yeah, it was just incredibly disappointing. And um, you just felt like, you know, we were very lucky to hold on to the Crows, mm. you know, hoping that, you know, a win on Sunday, you know, was getting close to evening up our season. Um, and, you know, I think the most damning thing is that our style of play is just so unimaginative. It's just like a kick out to the side and then play it down the boundary line. Yep. And this is the kind of stuff that Malthouse used to roll out for the pies, if you mm. remember, mate. They, yep. they couldn't score. And this is exactly the stuff we're rolling out. And, uh, you know, we're getting scored against way too easily. Uh, we've all seen the footage of our players just being flat-footed, um, not even attempting to chase down there's no spread so like you know when your team is uh void of all confidence like you just wonder like who's going to lead them out at this moment yeah and that's a that's a thing and i mean like yeah i guess like a lot of us i listen to the sash podcast and other guys talk about it you know you listen to uh you know the actual professionals you know lloydie and um, all those guys talk about our, our style of play or, or their lack of, really, um, because there's nothing you can actually call it a semblance of a game plan or a style that we play to, uh, apart from, you know, very stagnant, really, um, is all we've got. And you, you sort of look at the, you look at the amount of investment we've put into coaches. I think, you know, Gian Syracuse, uh, Cara Seller, yeah, you've got Josh Marnie, um, heading the uh, sort of football department, uh, obviously Trucker's coach. I don't think you could actually assemble a much more sort of qualified um, and experienced sort of list of of coaches. Um, yeah, if you were to sort of make one up on the spot, I think the the coaching group looks to be like of like very well established and very well respected coaches. What we're missing. Uh, currently is, is guys out on the park to actually um, instill that, you know, whatever game plan they've been practising over the pre-season and uh, all the rest of it. Um, and and realistically, not even just a game plan, but just a willingness to throw themselves at the contest when, you know, the whips get cracking, things get tough. Someone to put their body on the line and say, all right, boys, you know, let's get into it. 
because uh, currently we're not seeing it. No one is, uh, you know, leading from the front, um, yeah, getting the boys to, to come with them. We just seem that the team, not only bereft of experience, but like bereft of culture. We've sort of talked about that previously. Uh, you know, we're all felt at the end of the 2020 season, particularly that, like, what the hell is this club doing? Like, what are we as a football club? 2021, we built a bit of trust back, but then we've just, you know, gone 180 and seemed to have reversed all of our development, all of our sort of, um, you know, hard-fought, I suppose, respect that we'd won back over the last season. Um, It's sort of gone back at a rate of knots uh, in only five weeks of, of AFL football. So it's pretty disappointing. Yeah, particularly, like, what did we hear, mate? Uh, we came back two weeks before any other footy club. So that was going to get us ahead of the curve. Uh, I can tell you right now, that hasn't paid off. No. Um, and, look, uh, not trying to make excuses, but we do have a number of very good players out. Like, mm. you know, up to seven of our best 20. Uh, like I think that would be safe to say. Yep. And that does make it harder. But that doesn't explain the players that, like, to me, if what I saw on Sunday, that looked like a team that is not playing for their coach, is not playing for their captain. And it, and it says to me, like, from the outside looking in, the coach has, not, has lost the players. And when I say that, I don't mean it in terms of anything personal. I'm just meaning he doesn't capture their imagination because they're not playing like that. Well, they're not, mate. And, like, I mean, we can talk about, you know, the loss of key players, and that's undoubtable. No one can, um, you know, say that's not the case because, you know, you, you lose those top liners. Um, and even, you know, I suppose you look at the list more strategically, guys we've brought in that we hope to be that sort of next lot of guys coming through haven't paid off. So you think of, you know, Tipper goes down, you know, we sort of recruited and tried to develop Irving Mosquito, like, yeah, he'd, he'd be running a mark um, in that forward line, you'd imagine. But unfortunately, you know, due to circumstances, injury and all the rest of it, um, he's no longer in our list. Um, so in any way you skin the cat, yes, we are missing key components to our list. But that does not excuse the fact that they had more possessions than us, Jane, but they also had, like, more tackles. We laid 37 tackles for that whole match of football, Jane, that's less than 10 per quarter, um, which is pretty damning in, in my mind, um, you know, to their 49 tackles when they had they had a lot more of the footy. And you look at uh, the overall sort of tackle ratings or whatever, yet a first gamer in Ben Hobbs lay five tackles of our total of 37. Uh, so the rest of the, the list, you know, 22 fit players um, only managed 32 between them. You know, six six blokes managed zero tackles. Um, and Aim and shame, mate. Aim and shame. Aim and shame, yep. So we've got, you know, Tommy Cutler. Uh, we've we've obviously discussed before that's not his game. But Tommy Cutler made not one tackle, played 69% of game time. Sam Draper, we've been hailing him as a really, you know, that physical beast, you know, guys walk taller around him. Well, I don't reckon he's, you know, putting any fear into anyone when he's laying zero tackles per game off 84% of game time. Dyson Heppel, captain of the club, walked around, you know, 
you know, racking up disposals, the highest disposal getter of the game, 34, means nothing. Um, because, you know, could you say from that performance, James, that he was leading from the front, he was trying to bring the boys over the line? Um, a lot of those were panic handballs, those 34 possessions, um, where he's running the, himself into trouble. Yeah. Um, other guys, you know, I, and I won't pour, pour on this guy, um, Jaden Laverde, he absolutely goes... Hammer and togs, not necessarily tackles, but um, yeah, he was really fronting up uh, to those sort of physical contests. Um, but again, laid zero tackles. Nick Martin, obviously, is SSP player. Um, yeah, he's a guy, like a classy user. Um, yeah, that defensive side of his game isn't, uh, yeah, perhaps fully developed. You see guys like that, you know, have broken tackles. You'll wear that from a young player. Um, but, I mean, Jordan Ridley, also a classy user, but, again, like, um, zero tackles. It's it's pretty um, it's pretty poor, especially when you also had, uh, you know, sort of eight blokes, um, you know, lay only one tackle. One of those, James, was Andrew Phillips. He played all of about five minutes of game time, went down with injury. He still managed to lay a tackle as a bloody 200-centimetre ruckman. Are you telling me that those other blokes couldn't lay one tackle throughout the course of the game? Um, that's the thing that disappoints me most. Um, well, I think the thing is, mate, like, and this is where your words can really undersell you, but Truck said we're going to be a workmanlike culture. Mm. Workmanlike. That's not workmanlike, mate. No. Uh, that's more like uh, cancer-like, <laughs> mate. We, uh, <laughs> we go on smoko for... <laughs> For uh, a larger period of your shifts, but um, and uh, cheers to all the cancel workers out there. I know you don't work, but um, <laughs> I mean more like in terms of how it's spoken. But like, um, you know, we're not showing any blue collar. Uh, you know, working hard to try and play for that jumper. Hmm. Yeah, you know, this is where I start to feel guilty, mate. Like my daughter, she's uh, what twenty years old and. She's came to the footy with me last 18 years, since she was two, every game. And she has not seen, you know, to her memory, a final win, mm. has watched us, you know, be sold that we're going to be good this year, we're going to be good, and then watched what we eventually were. Uh, and, um, yeah, I really would, you know, she's as loyal as the day is long. And I'd like to see her to get some rewards like I had in my first 25 years of life. Mm. But, um, you know, it's hard to look at her on Sunday and say, you know, I don't know when the next one's coming because it's not going to be this year, I don't think. No, it certainly won't. And I think, like, the other thing, like you talk about, you know, the, the club selling hope and, look, we all fall for it every year, every preseason we're flying. Um, but it seems particularly important to me at this stage, because the club's celebrating their 150th year, Jane, you think if you are going to play for the club, you're going to instill, um, you know, the the meaning of the sash, uh, not only to the to the playing group, the fans, um, but like we have to re-establish um, the, I suppose, Essendon being respected across the league. Because how many teams across the league, Jane, you know, over the last, I don't know. 15 years, we go, oh, geez, I'm worried about Essendon on the weekend. Not many times. Uh, you know, potentially that 
2012 year where we got a bit of a run on. Um, but uh, yeah, we all know what happened from there. But apart from that, we've been a team that has been largely irrelevant. And it's like it hurts to say that as a fan. It hurts to acknowledge it as a fan because you never want to um, see a team like that. But when we continually trot out this, um, these just really um, disappointing performances, um, yeah, it just uh, erodes any confidence you have uh, in that list, you know, demonstrated willingness to, you know, to sweat, bleed and, uh, and live for the jumper. Well, uh, I just think, you know, we had a cooling off period, mate, because we were both <laughs> livid. I remember um, for people who, who might remember, Nicholas lives in, uh, well, Nick lives in Canberra and obviously I live in Melbourne. So coming back from the game, my commute home is about an hour and 10 minutes and um, I stayed on the phone the whole way home uh, venting with Mady and my daughter and just wondering, you know, what's gone wrong? Um, and, you know, like, the thing is, us Essendon supporters, we've been long-suffering now, but, you know, we always love the sash, you know, like we're always going to be uh, supporting them, even though, you know, we've... we've it experiences as pain, but um, I think what hurts more is that the players don't feel the same way. Well, it doesn't appear they feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and that's the thing. And, and you know, it, it's obviously not just this year. Previously, it's been uh, you know largely reported. You know, after the siren goes, the players go up to each other and they have a good laugh and um, you know shake hands and have a good good old chat out on the ground um, and. Obviously, these blokes, they've grown up playing, um, you know, whether it's school footy, rep footy, state footy, whatever it is, uh, together. So they do have uh, bonds. You acknowledge that. Uh, but the optics of these guys who, you know, you've, you paid your hard-earned to attend the game or, you know, for your membership, whatever it is, uh, and they're in a fat old laugh out of the park after being, like, embarrassed, um, to be quite honest, um, and showing up, um as a you know, bit of a soft footy club, really, that's what disappoints us as fans. And I think um, like a lot of people have said this, and I, I think it's incredibly true. We're a spooked footy club, mate. We ever since the saga, and you know, people try to forget it, but it still haunts us because you've got Xavier Campbell, our CEO. And all he worries about us being a respected club. Well, guess what? We're not. So we don't shake the boat. We don't. We just go along. We, you know, oh, we better not say that because that might mean that we, you know, we're being argumentative. You know, we just go along with it. And this is where I call um, Paul Brasher to live up to the words he had when he first took over. And when things aren't working, you have to. You know, you have to make changes. And I'm not saying sack coaches. I'm not saying any of that. But there's a change required, mate, and it starts in the mindset. And um, we need to see that as fans. We need to see our club uh, is going to take it as 
much as we are taking it. Like we're we're hurting it. I know a lot of us are supporters and they are hurting, mate. Um, it's funny, like you know, we say it's uh, you know first world problems, you know, like when you all you're worried about is a, your footy team and that. But um, yeah, that, this is how much they mean to us, and I'm just really disappointed. Um, I guess more so just with the lack of effort or appeared effort. Um, and I don't think a footy club, a good footy club, or a coach would put up with that. After all, truck, um, he looks very mild-mannered, mate, during games, I've yeah. got to say. Like, I don't ever see him, you know, he was quite a strong player, mate, um, mm. if you remember him playing yeah, for the Crows. Yeah, um, I don't see him... Um, animated, like, I'm not saying you had to be, but I mean, it would give some acknowledgement that he's frustrated. I, I see him with a wry smile sometimes, mate. I'm yeah. thinking, yeah, you know, why would you smile at that? Like, what? Like, I, yeah, I'm probably more, I want to see the Damien Hardwick where he just slams the phone down or the clerks and punch a hole in the wall. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. even though, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, it, it shows emotion, it shows that you actually care. So, and, mate, I reckon match selection this week, we'll see an insight on what's what's uh, going to be accepted by the coaching group. Because if they think that that performance was uh, worthy of that 22 running out again, um, you know, I, I know they lost, the, the coaching group's lost because... They need to set standards and there should be no walk-up starts that everyone should have to earn a game and everyone should be held accountable. They make incredible money and, yes, they give up a lot of their lives to do so, but, um, yeah, they're also having a lot of fun out there, mate, and, you know, when the performance is so subpar, uh, you know, well, how long do we have to put up with that? Yeah, that's the thing when you... You know, you're happy to promote your Instagram photos of your with new Mercedes or your new Tesla, whatever it is, and then you trot out performances like that. Uh, that that shows where your where your where your sort of heads at, where your focus is, um, uh, which is disappointing. And I suppose, yeah, to your point, Jane, where you say selection, um, you know, should be real focus as to what the club's going to accept. We're unfortunately in a pretty poor position because who can you really look at and say, nah, um, these guys deserve to be promoted from the twos. Who's knocking down the door? Um, yeah, there's not a lot of options as, as far as I can see. Uh, you know, obviously, Baldwin kicked five. Uh, he's potentially one you could bring in, but who do you take out for that style of player? Um, you know, to me... Like he's sort of that key forward, you know, do you bring him in, um, you know, and, and drop Waterman? I don't see him dropping Waterman, but I don't see a, a forward line working where you've got Peter Wright, Waterman and Baldwin, who are more or less going to be, um, you know, playing almost the same style of footy. Obviously, you know, uh, Peter Wright's a bigger target, but um, I'm just not sure whether they uh, go with that sort of, Line up. Um, we've got I just think we need to play a second target, mate, because um, you saw Freeman, or they just double team 
Peter Wright all all game. Yeah. Um, so at least Baldwin being a big, he's a strong boy, um, and he does know he's a smart. I, I watched a lot of that BFL game, mate. Um, mm. And he knows how to block. He knows how all of that stuff that would help Peter Wright as well. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just think um, if this season's going to pitter out like it is, I'd rather see us put games into you know Baldwin. Um, you know, if if Sam Draper is going to be putting up those kind of performances, let's chuck in Nick Bryan. Let's see what he's got. Yeah. Um, give him a fair run because he won the best and fairest in the VFL last year. Yeah. Um, you know, he's hungry. He wants he wants his opportunity. Um, if Draper's sometimes people say he's unfit, well, he shouldn't be playing. Yeah. Um, you know, we need to. You know, give opportunities to these people. I want to see Zach Reed play, mate. Um, you know, we we take him in the top ten of the draft, and yes, he's had a lot of injuries, and he's just coming back. But he looked a class above in that VFL game, mate. If you see him, he's got a beautiful kick. Uh, he's got a very high IQ, and you know, let's start putting games into players that are going to be long term and set the new culture for Essendon because um, you know, at the moment. This is going to be a long, long season um, if we're going to just accept this week after week. Yeah, I, I sort of see that with Reed. I'm not sure um, how they'll get it because, I mean, obviously he's come back from an interrupted preseason, so a bit of an injury there. Uh, he's still very slight of frame. Um, so whether you'd slot him back or potentially, um, yeah, because I know they did. Uh, like have trained him a couple of times, uh, you know, as a potential forward. Uh, would you chuck him as an option there? Um, but I do also take your point that we need to be more imaginative, not only, you know, with selection, but also with who we play out on the park and which positions. Like, uh, personally, I, I thought we should have, um, you yeah, know, moved the magnets around with Cox on the weekend. Um, you know, whether you go, geez, we're... We're lacking in height down forward. Let's chuck Cox in, see if he can cause a bit of mayhem. Um, you know, or even down back to go, geez, we're, we're struggling down there. Uh, we need someone who can take a few marks. Um, but Archie Perkins, mate, he had yeah. two possessions to three-quarter time. Yep. Yeah, there's a bit of a fitness cloud on him, apparently. Then why play him? Like, if you can't give him any minutes in the midfield when your team's struggling like that, because he's, you know, semi-unfit, if that was the case, mm. then he shouldn't be playing. Yep. And again, um, you know, we've got to... Archie's going to be a star, I reckon. He, he's a player, like, even in that last term, there was a kick he did, mate, probably 55, hit a person, you know, right running back towards goal. Yep. Not many of our players can do that. Yeah, they don't have the skill to do that. No. Um, so... He should, if he was fit enough, he should have been given minutes in that um, midfield, you yeah. know, to help him with his development. We saw what happened when Hobbs went in to the midfield, mate. This is a mm. first-game player. Yeah. He looked hungrier than most of those other guys. Um, you know, and you know, I liked what I saw. Um, but that's pretty damning, that stat you said, mate, with the five tackles. Mm. Was you know, more than Paris Shield and uh, McGrath all together, wasn't it? Yep, more than all those combined. And I think the thing with that, James, 
is like, yep, while he played well, I personally think it was a bit of a poor choice uh, to, to give that opportunity to Hobbs and not try Perkins in there first. I think Perkins is, um, yeah, he's playing that forward role due to like other options in the midfield um, yeah, and not being able to get that midfield time currently. Um, and I think he's performed quite well in that forward role. I think he should have been rewarded, um, you know, provided with an opportunity to attend more, you know, center clearances and all the rest of that. Because uh, I think it sets, it potentially sets a bad precedent where we say, no, nah, we effectively believe in Holmes more than you, Perkins. Um, because I, I, I don't know, I, I saw that as a bit of, um, uh, you know, whether it's disrespect, probably too strong a word, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I think Perkins has played quite a few games and should have been given that opportunity first um, before Hobbs was um, given it was his first game in, um, as well as Hobbs um, obviously performed on the day. What do you think about that, Jane? Yeah, well, I, I'm glad Hobbs played. Um, I take your point about Perkins. Um, and I do agree, Perkins, you know, he's had 20-plus more games than Hobbs and has earned his chance. He certainly hasn't let anyone down this year with his efforts. But that comes back to me is that um, apart from, you know, Waterman, there wasn't many forward options. And I think Perkins has shown this year he's been able to kick, you know, one or two goals a a game. Um, I think, you know, the club probably felt like he could kick goals more than what Hobbs could. Yeah. so that's where it comes down to, you know, was it better to play, you know, persist with Wanganine, for example, because mm. he looked quite good in the VFL too. Um, so I just think that, you know, that's a, your decision-making is affected by what's available to you. Mm. And um, unfortunately, our forward options have been pretty low, like, Jake Stringer, uh, when he's fit, he covers a lot of our cracks, you know, in terms yeah. of he can be dangerous in the midfield, dangerous up forward. He makes us, like, unpredictable to the opposition. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we don't have another player like that. Um, and we're very easy to read our forward entries at the moment. It's so slow. Yeah. Uh, you'll see a lot of times... There was a, a classic play, mate. We're eight points down in the third term. I think it may have been Martin. I haven't watched the replay as yet, mate. But um, we're eight points down. Uh, he's running in. Or he could snap the goal if he wanted to. Um, but Dylan Shield called for the ball. and uh, It looked like he was free, so I can understand what a pass came. But Frio spoiled. Took it down the other end and scored. Like, mm. you know, again, that comes down to decision making, but probably an obligation to the senior players calling for the footy. Yeah. But he had a lot of space, mate. He could have just waltzed in and kicked that goal. And mm. um, again, that's just, yeah, again, decision making and, you know, setting standards. Like, you know, Shield had no right. Like, even if he thinks he's on his own, you know, the player had the chance to go and he should have been given that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Well, um, yeah, 
<laughs> we've started the pot off with a, a bit of a uh, um, yeah, getting the frustrations off the chest a bit. So um, yeah, why don't we uh, yeah, bite the bullet and get into the game, Jame, and um, yeah, talk about what we saw. Um, yeah, we our first scoring opportunity came from Parrish, who snapped across goal after a bit of a panic kick from Frio. Uh, unfortunately, just behind. Um, and it was a bit of that, you know, from both sides. Like, Saron got a shot um, and, you know, he, he missed. Caldwell had a hurried snap on on his left uh, from behind. And then we saw, um, you know, Frederick for Frio bomb on into a, an open forward line for them from 55 out. And it just went straight through. And that was really disappointing for mine because, like, there was no one, um, I suppose, mining the... Uh, the goal square or you know behind the play we all got sucked up to the footy uh and it just went out of the back and straight through yeah um it did look uh like our defensive structures were a bit of miss there like it was from a turnover so like uh can leave you um you know short short-handed but um it was a it was a long goal I certainly wasn't expecting it when he First kicked it. I wasn't sure he had that distance, but he got a friendly bounce too. Yeah, he did. Uh, and then we saw Tabiner kick his first um, soon after that. Uh, and then we saw Dylan Shield grab a turnover in the middle of the ground, and he handed off to Dev Smith, who was lucky as he ran into trouble but copped one high. Um, but it ended in Martin having a hurried shot at goal, uh, but unfortunately that was a stray. And around that time, that's where we saw Phillips got subbed out. Um, yeah, very early in the game with a hamstring, and uh, Cutler came on. So that was um, like that was a bit of a blow for us, obviously, you know, height-wise, because we saw you know, last couple of games, uh, Phillips has been really good for supporting Draper, um, and we certainly missed his physicality out there. Uh, but then we got a free kick after Redmond made a great tackle at Sarong. Um, but then after Sarong remonstrated, Redmond fought back and gave the free right back to him. It was just dumb footy. He just reacted and didn't need to. Yeah. Um, yeah, finally, after we locked it in our forward 50 for a bit, uh, Martin swooped on the footy and snaps an absolute beauty. It's great to see. Yeah, you feel pretty comfortable with him around goals. Like, I know you missed that first shot, but, I mean, um, he seems quite a skilled player, um, especially around the goal pace, mate. And, uh, thank God we signed him because uh, he's been a shining light. What do you uh, next entry we saw uh, was from a Brayshaw panic kick. Um, and it got swallowed up by Cutler. And he was only 30, 35 out um, you know, when he marked it, James. Not much of an angle to speak of. Uh, and he missed the goal. And they're the ones that we rue every time. Like, he should have kicked that. Um, so pretty disappointing. Uh, and then we saw uh, Dev Smith lay a massive tackle on Sorong. Uh, so that was good to see. Um and we also saw uh, a bit of rubbish umpiring start to creep into the game, Joe. You know, we saw uh, Redmond lay a great tackle on Banfield, uh, but that was caught in the back. Um, fortunately, his shot on goal missed. Uh, but then we saw Guelphie get taken down without the footy uh, and nothing was paid. And I, I don't know. It, it just frustrated me. Again, that's, that's not going to be the result. But um, I thought... Yeah, your gimmies like that need to be paid. But ultimately, we finished that quarter 
only down by the four. So one goal, four, 10 to their two goals, two, 14. It's a horrible feeling at quarter time when you look up at your team in a perfect uh, environment in terms of, you know, you can't blame weather. Mm. And you've kicked one goal, four, 10 points. Like, you know, it's um, just kind of set the theme for the afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we started that second quarter um, where, you know, Waterman looked to have taken the mark, but, um, yeah, that wasn't paid. And uh, then we saw a, a missed snap from Smith, um, you know, the one of many. Uh, and then Parrish marked an intercept, um, you know, <laughs> uh, and he, he sort of kicked it, um, you know, towards, um, I think it might have been Caldwell in the forward line, but Martin... Yeah, sort of almost intercepted it and uh, took it from about 40 out and he went back and dobbed his second. Yeah, now that's the difference between, um, you know, Cutler and Cox. When they get those balls, uh, like a ball around 40 metres directly in front, mm. you automatically assume this could be sprayed left or right <laughs> um, because, you know, their history shows that they're not convincing from that range. Mm. Um, but, yeah, like, I didn't have that fear with Nick Martin. I just kind of knew that he'd go back and, and drill it, and, and that's what he did. Certainly did, mate. Um, so after that, we got a few looks, but, uh, yeah, didn't take our chances. And, you know, time and time again, we got opened up through the middle. Uh, yeah, but fortunately, uh, Mundy missed um, the lot on one of his shots. Uh, but then we saw some great overlap run from... Shield and Caldwell on the wing with Caldwell floating it up for Cox to mark it about 20 metres out and he slotted the goal, mate. Yeah, it was a nice piece of body work too by Cox. Um, you know, he had the height advantage, obviously, but he still had to take a mark with, with a bit of pressure around him. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think we all agree probably back half of the last year and the start of this year so far has been a bit patchy from him. Yep. So I thought that might have helped his confidence because he. Um, has heard some trouble with his goal kicking. That looked very convincing when he went back. Certainly did, mate. Uh, and then we saw Shield really get involved in the game. Uh, you know, he won the next clearance with authority, but again, we just couldn't capitalise. Meanwhile, like when Frio got the ball, they went end-to-end and Tabana kicked his second. Uh, Shield won the next clearance again, um, and he released the parish who hit Waterman beautifully in the pocket and he went back and kicked it. It was just a lovely bit of play. Yeah, it was one of our best, you know, uh, entries from the uh, clearance uh, for the for the year, basically. Like, mm. And he just felt like, this is the bombers I know. These are the ones that when we get a bit of run, like, you know, a bit of link um, and kind of gave me hope, you know, the second quarter had started really well, you know, kicked three goals pretty quickly in that first quarter, in the second quarter. Yeah, but any hope would soon uh, soon dry up, mate. As uh, you know, Draper got interfered with as he went went for a mark, you know, half back there. Uh, but again, that wasn't paid, and Freer were allowed to waltz away with it. And Swikowski for them uh, kicked another goal. Hey, uh, can I just jump in there? Mm. Um, and whilst I agree, like. But you're not going to get paid that free kick every time, and it didn't get paid that time. Mm. Draper's got to be better than that. He, that was markable for you. Yeah. Um, like you know, it's been said that 
He's had six marks for the year and only one contested. You know, mm. uh, I strongly believe, like, that had it been Phillips, that he would have held that mark. Yeah, well, you'd, you'd sort of hope so. But, like, in any case, I, like, he got two hands to it and then it was ripped out of his hands. That's the way I saw it. But um, mm. I certainly take your point. He, he, And even, you know, he sort of stood back to take it. He could have, you know, come forward and, you know, let up at the footy to take that mark uh, to almost take the intercept out of it. But uh, then we saw Wright, um, you know, knock the footy out of Frio's Cox's hands. Um, but that, James, was paid, you know, he was interfered with, so they paid the mark. Um, That's the one. <laughs> that drive <laughs> you crazy. <laughs> so, uh, and then we saw, um, yeah, Caldwell, um, uh, he, he spoiled Brayshaw, um, but that was paid a, paid a free kick. So, like, it was starting to really frustrate me around this, this period of the game. Uh, but then finally, as uh, Dev kicked into the pocket, Durham was paid a free uh, as he was taken down without the footy. But again, dumb footy, Jane. Dev asked for it out the back and he missed the snap on goal uh, on his non-preferred, it has to be said. Uh, and as much as he was, you know, laying tackles and um, getting shots of goal, it was really frustrating me by us. For me, it was selfishness to ask for the footy in that um, sort of situation. He should have allowed Durham to go back and have a shot. Um, and if you're going to ask for it, you better make bloody sure you're kicking the goal. Yeah, exactly, though. That was just such a deflating moment. Um, and let's not forget, Devin Smith's a very experienced player. Yep. So there's no excuses. Mm. Uh, you know, as you said, mate, if you demand the footy there, you must finish. Yep. Um, and, you know, as what often happens, like we miss an opportunity there. Frio again went straight up their end and Banfield kicked another one, put them in front. Um and, uh, yeah, Walters had a shoot, shot soon after, but uh, he missed. Um, yeah, Cox got a point for us. Uh, and then we saw Durham get pushed in the back to ground by Mundy. Again, not paid. Um, but we finally got a goal back when Hobbs smothered a footy in the middle of the ground, and he followed up in the play with a handball, ending up with Smith, who hit Guelphie, streaming towards goal, um, who kicked it. So it was a good uh, bit of a relief play there, Jane. Yeah, and that was all from Hobbs intercepting, you know, like having that smother. Um, you know, if he doesn't do that, then we don't score that goal. And this is what the players have to learn. Like, you know, they should know there's been playing footy for, you know, since they were kids. Like, effort usually gets a reward. And um, at the moment, uh, too few are doing that. Uh, on that occasion, it was Hobbs who you know, did that and ended up earning us a goal. That's it, mate. Uh, unfortunately, though, Banfield uh, kicked one for Frio straight back up the other end. Uh, and then Hobbs got involved again. He made a nice tackle at the half-back. And he kicked it to Redmond, who took a nice mark. And he laid his knee straight into Adriscoll's ribs, Jane. I thought that was fantastic. Like I haven't seen that sort of stuff for a long time from Essendon. Um, so it was good work from... Uh, Ribbon there, but unfortunately his, his kick more or less went nowhere. Um, and we stuffed it up, you know, with our poor ball movement. Uh, but when Cox was paid a free, about sort of 65, 70 out, right on the boundary, uh, the Frio player, um, 
uh, name escapes me at the moment, Jane, but he thought he'd be a bit cheeky and um, yeah, throw the he ball away. away. Yeah, yeah, so the 50 was paid and like it was a short 50, um, you have to say. Um, but Cox was probably brought into about, I don't know, 25 metres out, you reckon, Jane? Like, yeah. Bit of an angle, but... Um, could have kicked it. Could have kicked it. Uh, unfortunately, he was offline and we ended the half uh, down. So five goals, eight, 38 uh, to there, six goals, five, 41. Yeah, like, I felt like we were the better side back to the start. Like, hadn't made the most of our opportunities. Yeah, those misses by Devin Smith um, and, like, Cox. So I just felt like we could have been a couple of goals up at least. Um, and, yeah, you kind of always, when you rue your opportunities, uh, yeah, you almost feel like it's going to come back and bite you later on in the game. Uh, but as we saw, mate, that started very early in the third. It mate, um, yeah, pretty obviously, really, you know, where Frio won the clearance and Lobb took a strong grab up forward, but fortunately he missed. Um, Cabiner then marked for them and kicked his third. Uh, we then tried to lock it into our inside 50 and Kelly kicked it um, inside and Cox marked it, but I'm not sure what happened there, Jane, but rather than claim it, and take the kick, he handled it blindly over his head as soon as he got the footy uh, and he coughed it up. So whether it was touched on the ground, I didn't hear anything, don't know, but um, that was uh, yeah, a bit of... Take well, I, I was the same, mate. I was, a bit, like I was at the game and I couldn't hear a whistle mm. and I didn't hear the umpire saying play on, play on. Mm. So for a moment I thought he thought uh, Guelphie was on his own. And he didn't want the pressure of having another shot at goal. Yeah. And I hope that's not the case because, um, you know, when you when you're not scoring uh, the effect you want to, you've got to take the most of your opportunities. As we spoke earlier, probably handballing over your head um, inside your fifty is uh, less likely to earn you a goal than yeah. going back and having a set shot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, then saw another bit of frustrating thing, and everyone will probably pile on me for pointing these out, but it just really frustrated me watching it. We saw Durham make a great tackle in our forward line, uh, but that was called in the back. Um, and don't get me wrong, like, yeah, as he came down, uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was Sarong or Clark uh, for them, sort of twisted his body, and he did end up on his back, but there was not, nothing he could have done there. But then in the middle of the ground, um, Durham had a freer player land on his back, um, but that wasn't called there. So, like those sort of double standards were really uh, frustrating me. Again, not the reason we lost, but um, bloody hell, it, it hurts him momentum wise. Um, but we finally had a run up forward, uh, but Martin tried to pass it inboard and it was cut off. Um, that was that play you, you talked about earlier, Jane. Uh, where he's trying to hit up Shield, and unfortunately Freo went end to end, and Lav, uh, it has to be said, he did tunnel Tabana, um, who got the free kick, and he kicked his fourth, and the pain was, uh, you know, even more put on when Darcy for them kicked another to put them twenty two points up. Started to get out of control, mate. It was how quickly they were scoring. Yeah, um, it wasn't long afterwards, and. Having the added his fifth. That one and he must love playing the bombs. Oh, he, he loves it, James. He you know 
he circles that one in every every time he sees a footy fixture every year. But the thing that like that I got really <laughs> um, worked up about that one because um, that free kick was gifted to Tabernar for abuse. You know, apparently somewhere up the ground um, by the non-officiating umpire. Um, so like nothing even happened in that sort of forward area. It was somewhere up the ground. Uh, there were some reports it might have been Darcy Parrish who's having a word to the umpire. But um, whatever happened, you know, Tabiner was gifted that free kick not far out from goal and he kicked number five. And I thought, you know, for that to be paid by the non-officiating umpire, um, is was just an absolute gift. Might as well have kicked it for him. How's uh, this, mate? Um, at the time, uh, it was the uh, equal career high five goals for Matt Tabner. And the key forward, how's this, has kicked four or more goals on eight occasions in his career. Mm. We've vested in the opposition four of those times. Yeah. Uh, our inability to stop him. Um, uh, He's the second coming of Gary Ablett, mate. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> he, um, he yeah, was making us look silly, to be honest. Absolutely. Um, yeah, then again, I mean, we kept seeing it. Uh, yeah, Durham got smashed in the back. Nothing doing. Waterman got in feed with going for a mark. Uh, no free. And, and the crowd were really getting restless by this stage, Jane. Um, uh, I don't know if you, you were, were feeling that at the match, but um, mm. certainly I heard it on the uh, yeah from the, the TV, and you know, unfortunately, like as much as fr- as frustrating as that was, Frio when they got the footy, they were making the most of the opportunities. They were clean with it, uh, and we saw Frio again go end to end, and Brayshaw was able to kick one uh, to put them up by thirty four um, before <laughs> before Tabana. Uh, you know, he dropped a mark, but it was uh, paid a free. Um, but in any case, you know, Tabitha went back and kicked number six. Yeah, and, uh, head was in the hands at this time, mate. Um, yeah. That was the thing, you know, where, where does it come from? Like, there's zero effort out there. Um, mm. yeah, and I take your point about those free kicks. And, yes, the fans were getting absolutely incensed. But, uh, I mean... It's like how much are we want to blame the umpires? Like, uh, you know, we we still got a chance to respond. Like by trying our hardest, so it didn't look mm. like we we looked like a broken team that just basically had sulked it up and yeah. wasn't prepared to play him. Yeah, and I think that's the that's the thing. Obviously, I'm a yeah, I'm just a I'm a never was and have has been Jamie. Yeah, I get frustrated at the umpires, but. Um, yeah, our players out there getting paid, you know, 400 grand plus per year to play this game. Um, you know, they can't be sulking it up like us in the stands or on the couch at home. Like they need to be, you know, trying to get the work done. Uh, and they weren't, uh, weren't standing up to it. Um, yeah, we finally got another look forward. Uh, but after Cox nailed a tackle to win it free, again, Dev Smith played on and missed the goal. Um, and yeah, it was really, um, really disappointing again to see a senior player, um, you know, yeah, miss those, miss those opportunities and, um, yeah, play selfish footy really. Um, 
But then we saw a, uh, a tackle late in the forward line. Um, you know, not paid as Walker was taken to ground. Uh, he was actually allowed to get up to get a kick out. Um, and then a defender jumped on two metre Peter's head, uh, got nowhere near the ball. And like, that had to have been an unrealistic attempt, James. Um, absolute pops there. But uh, finally, after being very quiet all game, two metre Peter did get an opportunity to kick a goal. Um, as they dropped a mark, but unfortunately he got the yips and he missed Jane. Uh, so we ended that quarter, you know, after only, after trailing by only three points at half time, we were down by 40 at the end of the third, uh, five goals, 10, 40 to there, 12 goals, eight, 80. Uh, yeah, we got our absolute asses handed to us in that quarter, Jane. And the sad thing is, like, you know, you're going pretty bad when you see. Your supporters leaving, um, yeah, the same people who you were sitting with in the first three quarters don't return in the last, yeah. and um, yeah, that happened a lot. I think a lot of people were so frustrated they left, and um, you know, this is what the footy club. These are some of the consequences when you put out these kind of performances. It's hard to bring some of these people back, and yes, they might be not true fans because they don't believe with the club and they don't, you know, come back every week. But sometimes time is precious to people, you know, and yeah. they're not going to um, just willy-nilly come to games and watch that kind of standard of football. Um, and, you know, I saw people leaving and, you know, I wondered would they, would they return um, until they'd seen some positivity on ground in the future. Well, that's the thing, Jamie. You, you sort of got to wonder sometimes if the team isn't showing up and putting up a performance, uh, will the crowd show up? Um, so people... And the mate, I just want to jump in there. Mm. I was just quickly, sorry, um, about the crowds for Essendon this year. Uh, like, I know across the board with COVID, they reckon it's had a lot of um, impact on crowd sizes. And I take the point... Melbourne played GWS the night before and only pulled in 20,000 at the G. But I can't remember Essendon having a crowd where crowds were, full crowds were allowed to come in. And we pulled about 23,000 for that game, mate. Mm. And even on Easter Sunday, yes, you know, probably not the fixture delight, but Essendon fans, I've never seen 23,000 turn up since the days of Windy Hill, mate. Yeah. Yeah, pretty damning. So, uh, you know, let's hope the boys lift soon because, uh, yeah, if the if the crowd's voting with their feet like that, James, it's uh, pretty worrying in our 150th year. And you know, going to that fourth quarter, we just seemed a defeated side as soon as we walked out, James. Um, yeah, we saw Tabana kick number seven and Frederick then kick his second. Um, yeah, Perkins who. Barely touched it uh, for the game. Got a shot, but unfortunately hit the post. I mean, the, the kick looked good, but, yeah, just unfortunately uh, went astray there. Uh, Darcy then bombed another for them uh, just to add a bit more salt to the wound. Uh, and then finally, Waterman took a mark and gold. You know, our first since the 25-minute mark of the second quarter, Jane. Uh, so yeah, mate, time. that was 10 goals in a row for Freya. Mm. 10 goals. Look. Oh. Remember, we used to complain about you know, conceding 
always three or four goals in a row. Yeah. We let 10 goals go through that time. So, yes, it says, hold my beer. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, yeah. And then we saw uh, that was followed up by a goal from Draper. Uh, from yeah, that was a 60 long out. kick. <laughs> yeah, 60 out. But, like, the thing for me, like, he took no joy from it. There was no smiles, no nothing. And I get it. We're, we're done. <clears throat> um, yeah, Caldwell kicked another soon after. But, again, no smiles. We were just a defeated footy side. Um, we had another run forward, but the footy, it, like, it looked foreign to us up there. And we stuffed it up again. And after a big clanger down back by Kelly, uh, <laughs> I felt sorry for him because I thought he had uh, battled pretty hard all day. Um, yeah, but Darcy for them marked it. Hit the post. Um, Swickowski then uh, kicked another for them. Their 16th goal for the game. Uh, Darcy had another shot for them and missed. But uh, we ended up going down, Jane. Um, eight goals, 11.59 to Frio's 16 goals, 11.107 points. How's this, mate? Scores from turnovers. 70 to Frio, 30 to Essendon. That's a massive block. Yeah, difference. And that just shows we are the turnover kings this year, mate. And, um, you know, we've just been, you know, so opened up. Like, you know, one of the worst defences in the team, uh, in the competition. And, you know, like, truck, you know, what are you doing, mate? This is not working like. This is uh, panic stations. You know, this is... Something's not working. Change, like, and that's a my biggest criticism of Truck at the moment, mate. He reminds me of the Warsfold era, where he doesn't make a lot of in-game changes. Mm. And you know, you know, I know it's a long time ago, but Sheeds and Hurdy, you know, two different coaching times, they were prepared to throw things around, and you actually saw players grow from that. Yep. We're just rolling out the same old, same old thing. Um, yep. And, you know, surprise, surprise, nothing changes. And what do they say, mate? The definition of an insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting yep. a different result. And, yep, we've got, to, uh, we've got to own that. And, yeah, please, uh, you know, I don't expect truck listens to this, but please, um Please be imaginative. Try and you know, try and get us out of this thick mud that we seem to be in that we can't get out of. Yeah, that's it, James. It's uh, yeah, we find ourselves in a bit of a quagmire, but uh, I guess all we do is you know rock back and and hope for better next week. Um, because if if Heppel's uh, telling the truth and the club's hurting, well, surely that has to drive them uh, to improvement. Um, and if not improvement, then we just have to re- have a really good look at our list um, because they're unfortunately just not up to it at the moment. I, I want to ask a question. Oh, this gets brought up a fair bit, so it's not the first time you've heard it. And does, Adrian Dodoro doesn't coach the team. He picks the players, right? How confident are you? 20 years in now, 22 years in since he's been recruiting manager, that he's recruiting the right kind of players to get us results. Like obviously on the scoreboard and and our history says 
he hasn't. Yep. But how much do you put on him and how much do you put on the actual coaching and the performance uh, management of these players? Oh, I think it's it's a bit of a tough one um, because, you know, effectively, yeah, obviously I'm, I'm just caught how I see it from afar in that um, they watch these guys play and they go on on talent and all the rest of it from what they see from a junior level. That doesn't always translate to senior level footy. Uh, but one thing that has been, you know, obviously highly noticeable for a long period of time um, is we've picked a lot of guys with potentially high-end talent, but not a lot of um, willingness to grind and, um, you know, win the hard footy, uh, you know, when the whips get cracking, be the ones to uh, to stand up. Uh, because unfortunately, we've had guys with really high ceilings in terms of uh, talent. Um, you know, they tend to shy away, um, you know, when, when, it, uh, when it gets hot in the middle. Um, but personally, I, I still put a lot of um, responsibility on the development of our players. Um, I think we've managed them poorly over a long period of time. Um, effectively... Whose fault's that? Whose fault's the development? Well, is it is it like footy operations? Um, is it the um, you know, sort of training conditioning staff? You know, we heard when... Uh, I'm pretty sure when it was Dylan Shield came to the club, James, you know, we asked him, okay, how do you see st- training standards? And he goes, oh, they, they do a lot less running and things like that. And that's pretty... Um, uh, that was pretty alarming to hear, but we see the result of that uh, time and time again with um, yeah, our lack of ability to, to spread and run, um, not only defensively, but also offensively to create more options. Um, and it's even comes down to how we structure up for, like we, we talk about how undermanned our forward line is, but bloody hell, you look at our forward line and how many of them actually lead for the footy? Peter Wright, every single time, just seems to raise his hand and call for it to be bombed on his head. And he gets cut off each and every single time. And, you know, that it can't just be from, you know, years ago where we, we ran less. Obviously, Sean Murphy's now um, boss of, uh, you know, conditioning and all the rest of it. And um, I don't know, everything sounds right. Like he, he talks talk, he talks about, you know, big running numbers and all the, all the rest of that. But... Like games of footy aren't one on, on running numbers. It's not how far you've run during, you know, two hours of footy. Um, yeah, games of footy aren't one purely on how many disposals you got. Um, it's yeah, it's how you use the footy, the um, your smarts to position it, you know, to the advantage of your blokes going forward. Uh, and one thing that has continually been a, um, a an absolute um, yeah, disaster for, for Essendon is our ability to use a footy and, and kick um, to each other. Like I can't remember, um, you know, a time where you, know, you could trust the ball in the hands of more than three blokes, James. Uh, you, know, you look at the current list and the only blokes you'd feel safe with ball in hand would be, you know, Nick Martin as our SSP player, um, you know, Zach Merritt, who's obviously out of the side due to injury at the moment, Uh and, you know, Ridley, like they're the blokes that really stand out to me as good users of the footy. 
So I'm not sure. But Ridley hasn't had a good season, mate. I, um, I, you know, I've mentioned this nearly every week, even though I think in one game he got votes, but he is not the same player that he had been in my eyes. He's, um, yeah, he's, I don't know. How, he's, it was usually very good at, you know, coming third man up, taking marks and so forth. He, you know, maybe he's learning to play with uh, Jake Kelly. Maybe that's part of it. But, I mean... We've Essendon um, him, Jane. <laughs> yeah, but, like, he was so good for the first three or four years, uh, you know, since he started, you know, like, you know, a real find from Adrian Dodoro. And that's why I don't want to hear it sounding like I'm bashing Dodoro. It's just that after something hasn't changed for 20-odd years, like, we have to look at all avenues to see yeah. what are we doing wrong. Yeah, um, like I definitely um, agree to that point. But, you know, if going back to that original question, how much of it goes directly to Dodoro, um, like, yes, he has some responsibility. But, you know, once the, the players are in the door, we've got to develop them. We've got to, like, give them a style of footy that will stand up um, in finals football. If there's deficiencies in the game, we need to develop them in those deficiencies. So, like, how do we improve your kicking? How do we improve your, your goal kicking? All that um, sort of stuff. How do we improve the defensive side of your game? No one com comes as a complete package when you draft them at the age of 17, 18. Um, so, uh, like, I, I agree that, yeah, you definitely need to look at Dodora and say, well, look, mate, you've been here 20-odd years and uh, we haven't won a final while you've been our list manager. Um, but it's it's a whole of club problem, and I, I don't think um, it can be down to one position um, of our uh, sort of management of the club necessarily. Yeah, one last thing before we go to a break. Um, I guess for, for Dodoro as well, look, if the club was to make a change, when do you do that? Because the play, recruiting manager and so forth and they're working all year round, right? So you can't just sack them and, you know, put your hands in your pocket until you find a replacement. So it's it's got to be managed incredibly well um, to even make that change. So I don't think it's realistic to change a recruitment manager uh, until the end of that trade period that year. Mm. So that next person comes in, has got a full year to, to work with. So I'm not calling for his head by any stretch. And I've, I've actually met Adrian a few times just, you know, walking past him at the footy and that, and he seems like the nicest guy. You, you know, he wouldn't know me from a bar or so, but every time I see him, g'day, Adrian, he gives you a good smile and a, a g'day. You know, like, so, like, I don't wish him... Um, to lose his job by any stretch. But, I mean, as fans, we're frustrated, so we're trying to find, you know, where's the silver bullet? Where, how do we get past this monster, mate? And, um, I guess we're exploring all avenues. But why don't we have a break, mate, and um, we'll come back somehow with our Don's cast metal votes. <laughs> And you're listening to Don's Cast. 
Uh, mate, um, just before we get into the votes, I just want you to hear a little bit of... Um, there goes my keys. Um, <laughs> I just want to play a little bit of Tim Watson and his thoughts on how the Bombers are tracking. That's one part of it. Then you look at their draw and they had... Uh, Geelong, the Lions, Melbourne. I didn't expect that they would win any of those three games. I expected that they'd beat uh, Adelaide. They got just over the yeah. line. And then in the lead-up to the Fremantle game, I picked Fremantle to beat them at the weekend because I thought that they were playing a much better brand of football and we're going to be more powerful with them. So, we forget about that, don't we? But having said that, like, so that, 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 that fade-out in the third quarter is really concerning. The way that they turned up to play against Geelong attitude-wise in the first round was really concerning. And the fact that they still can't defend the ground on turnover is still a major, major concern about the way structurally they play. And they need to be fixed. Compared to last year, they're 20 points worse off from stoppage. Yep. And they're 20 points worse off from turnover. So they're leaking. That's a lot. They're leaking. Absolutely leaking. So 18th for scores against at, at 108 a game. I mean, that's that's massive. You just don't see that. Bucks, if you just hit pause anytime they're playing on turnover and have a look at the field, you'll just see that it's just so open. Like, it is just open. There is nothing there to defend what's coming their way. Now, that's not just your back six problem. That is your midfielders or your forwards or other players who aren't prepared to work really hard enough to push up the ground and defend. There you go, mate. So, um, you know, we've heard Lloydy. We're used to Lloydy coming out and giving us a whack, a well-deserved whack usually. Yep. But um, yeah, Tim Watson, I think he said it really well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just our defensive structures uh, are just not, not cutting it. Like, 18th in the league, mate, 108 points a game against. Um, yeah. yeah. Massive well, change in structure. Well, it's not even just a structure. Like the, that point he made, you know, blokes not being prepared to run to make that defensive effort. That is what's letting us down. You can teach all the structures you want in the world, but if you are not prepared to, to actually run to get into position to create that structure, it's going to fall over each and every single time. And that's what we saw, you know, Geelong do, Brisbane do, even Frio do, Adelaide do at times where they just ran and spread so quickly. They were into, um, you know, position almost straight away. We just don't have that. So, um, yeah, well said, Tim. And hopefully, you know, it's one thing for nuffies like us, like us, James, to have a go. But, um, you yeah, know, when our club greats are, um, you know, uh, piling on the club, hopefully that um, reaches levels of leadership there because uh, something, as you said, has to change. Sure. Well, mate, um, how did you go with your votes? Um, I, I had a terrible time trying. <laughs> um, and, like, we're, we're committed, so we're going to give five votes. Um, whether they deserved, I'm not sure. But, mm. um, yeah, mate, I'll be interested to hear yours and then I'll uh, present mine. Yeah, it was a was a tough one, James. Um, I guess, yeah, and when you look at it, uh, I've sort of gone for how I feel they impacted the game. Yeah. Uh, whether it's a true reflection or not, that's just how I saw it. Um, uh, so there'll probably be some surprise at the names I read out, James. But um, for one vote, I had to give Hobbs a vote. I thought he um, yeah, came in, first game, 
and yeah, he's laid five tackles. Um, you know, he's had 15 disposals, which is pretty good effort from the young bloke. Took six marks, which shows yeah, he's his willingness to get out, run, present an option, um, which is excellent to see. Um, but he also had three score involvements, James. So um, yeah, I thought he did pretty well there. Uh, so I thought that, that should be rewarded um, with a vote and, and those five tackles, absolutely uh, brilliant from him. Uh, two votes, I went for Nick Martin. Again, like when you've got the ball in his bloke's hands, you're, you're feeling pretty assured. Yes, he made a couple of you know, big clangers on the night, but um, equally he kicked a couple of goals. And um, uh, again, he just runs to smart places and um, uh, yeah, you usually feel... Uh, pretty sure when he's got the footy, he um, yeah, took three marks, had uh, three clearances even, um, uh, the young bloke. So, uh, yeah, to go along with a, a goal assist, um, I thought he had a, a decent game for us. So I went two votes for him. Uh, three votes went for Jaden Laverde. I thought he battled hard all game, Jane. Um, and one thing that uh, yeah, really impresses me about Laverde uh, um yeah, like all the time, really, is his willingness to actually take the mark rather than, um, you know, punch it to somewhere you don't know where it's actually going to go. And he took nine marks throughout the course of the game, Jam. Um, yeah, so with his 15 disposals there, made those pretty effective. And he actually, um, again, and it seems to be a, a pretty constant theme for Laverde, uses the ball uh, pretty well, so went at 80%. Um, actually had seven intercepts possessions um and i thought he uh yeah he's, he was one bloke who could uh yeah keep his head high at the end of the game um this is where things get interesting james um four votes i went for uh jake kelly i thought again he he just battled so hard down there all game um and he had it pretty pretty tough down there it was coming thick and fast through our back line um at the 26 disposals um but actually took nine marks himself, James, uh, which I thought was really good. Uh, made a tackle, uh, which is, as we sort of discussed earlier, a bit of a rarity among the list. Um, but one thing I really liked about his game is he had 500 metres gained for us, James. So not only did he, um, yeah, sort of, yeah, win the footy, but he actually tried to get it moving up forward for us. Um, had seven intercept possessions, uh, which I thought was really good. Uh, five contested possessions and... Um, I thought he battled really hard, but uh, I do have to say, James, I did uh, you know, give him a, a percentage bonus for his uh, comments after the game. So he might have pushed up a vote or two um, just for his sheer honesty when um, you know, speaking to, um, uh, yeah, to, the, to the question, you know, what's happening, why, why aren't we performing and uh, his quote was something along the lines of... Um, I can do one better, mate. Yep. Have a listen. Um, I think we do a lot right during the week with good trainers. Um, I just think it's a game day issue that when the heat's turned up by the good teams like Fremantle are, the ability to stick in there and keep doing the simple things time and time again is what creates winning teams um, and final caliber teams. So uh, we don't do that. Uh, and we've got to find a way to be able to do that, whether that's through training, a mindset. We've got to individually look at ourselves as a line group, backs, forwards, mids, look at ourselves, and then as a whole team, look at ourselves. Is there a... Yeah, so, well said, Jay. 
was mate and I've, I've got no doubt he'll probably cop some flack uh, internally at the club for saying that but I'd hope not. <laughs> it's just bloody refreshing as a fan when you hear someone yeah. talk honestly like that that can um, you know reflect on uh, your team's performance and go we just weren't good enough we we don't do those simple things well we don't do them consistently um, so um, now well done for your performance on field and off Jake Kelly um, star caliber stuff um, for my five votes though Jane I actually went for uh, Dylan Shield now some people may scoff at this uh, but I thought he was one of the very few of our list uh, on the night that actually tried to take the game by the scruff of the neck at times and was winning plenty of um, uh, inside ball. Like he's only listed as having the four clearances uh, to his name, but he was winning a lot more than that. He'd pass it to a, a parish, for example, who would then make that kick to, to sort of clear it from the centre square. Um, but I thought he, his run and carry was really important for us. The unfortunate thing uh, for him is, even though he was getting those clearances, we just weren't making the most of our opportunities when bringing it up forward. We, our, our forward line was um, just dismal in terms of like how we'd present the footy, how we'd structure. Uh, and every time he pumped it in there, uh, we'd lose it um, time and time again. Um, but I, I still thought that, um, you know, he played a good game. He had a couple of intercepts. Uh, possessions which were uh, you know, quite important at times um, had four in score, uh, four score involvements um, and used the ball pretty well so went at about 79% uh, with five contested possessions so I thought he had a decent game Jane uh, but uh, yep happy to uh, hear thoughts otherwise um, so how do you see the, the votes Jane? Yeah well I think We've got a few of the same players, mate, I'm sure, and a few different ones, which isn't surprising because, of, <laughs> yeah, after all, we're really plucking at straws sometimes. But, um, yeah, for me, I, I gave one vote to Nick Martin. I thought he had uh, yeah, a reasonable game, like a couple of goals. He, he looked dangerous. There was a couple of turnovers he did at the end, and I thought, yep, we're Bessington. He, um, <laughs> he's uh, started well, but he started to use the ball bit patchy, but I think that just came with the pressure of the game. Um, but he's been, you know, ph- phenomenal pickup um, for an SSP player. And, uh, you know, I've heard some people quote, oh, he's probably in front of our best and fairest, and how damning is that? But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that because he's missed a game also. But, um, yeah, like, he's certainly been a, a great find. Mm-hmm. Two votes, and this will be controversial. Um I did give it to the captain, Dyson Neville. Um, now, I know he had... I'm not giving it to him on his votes at 30... Oh, sorry, on his possessions at 34 possessions because a lot of them were rubbish. But, I mean, like he, as a leader, he was trying to influence the game, you know, albeit poorly, because um, he just doesn't have any pace, mate. Like, and, like, he never really has been known for his pace. But, I mean... The opposition, as he's got older, they've got quicker. And um, so his decision-making has to be pretty sharp and you know, it's not always matched um, at this stage. Um, but, yeah, I did give him the two votes because, you know, when I was there at the game, mate, I saw him trying to influence each contest and that's at least admirable. But, um, as you said, uh, zero tackles didn't win many people over. Um, 
three votes ago to Dylan Shield. Um, I thought his first half was excellent, mate. Um, like most of us, uh, most of the team that dropped away in the second half, and you know, he still gets some criticism about not chasing hard the other way. And um, you know, we saw with those the, the, the footage of Darcy Parridge, um, you know, being walked away from um, or ran away from, um, you know. A few of our midfielders have to own that, but I still thought he had a really, uh, really good first half and actually kept us in the game up to half time. Mm. Uh, four votes, mate. I actually gave him back wealthy, and um, again, it's not his stats that are impressive, but uh, again, just at the game, just his efforts. I wish every one of our players match his effort because yeah. now he doesn't have the most skill, but. Mate, I just see him busting the gut every time I looked at, at the, around the, the footage, uh, you know, sorry, around the footy ground, I could see him, you know, at least trying to make an impact. And, um, you know, it's been a real highlight of his season. Um, I think he's led the way uh, a lot of the, lot of the games in terms of effort. And, uh, you know, I hope his teammates are noticing and wanting to get on board. And... Five votes, mate. I, I did get to Jay Kelly. And, um, you know, again, it was the pressure he was under, doing his best. But um, I've got to say, mate, that quote we played, mm. uh, I'm sure that <laughs> registered in my um, in my selection because, um, you know, he just seemed like as on- honest as we need to be. And, um, you know, he gave everything a crack and he's not the most skilled again. You've got a number of those players that are great effort, like you know, Sam Durham and um, you know Guelphy and and Kelly, and you know they're not the, the best users of the footy, but you know they're going to have a crack and um, yeah, five to Jake Kelly. So how are we going with our voting, mate? After uh, the round five? Yeah, well, it's an uh, interesting tale, mate. Um, you know, votes spread far and wide, but. So if I go from uh, you know the bottom, uh, so one vote each to Andy McGrath and Ben Hobbs, two votes each to Heppel and Durham, three apiece to Cutler and Laverde, four votes each to Ridley, Caldwell and Redman, seven votes to Nick Hind, eight votes to Archie Perkins, ten votes each to Matt Guelphy and Zach Merritt, 14 votes for Jake Kelly, uh, 16 votes for Nick Martin, 17 votes for Peter Wright, 20 votes for Dylan Shield, and out on top is Darcy Parrish with 24 Don's cast medal votes. Yeah, well, uh, it's a bit of a log jam, isn't it? Mm. Um, it? One thing I wanted to mention, mate, um, you know, you, you get the From the Members uh, video link after, you know, after the game, and it almost took me aback when I um, heard Josh saying, oh, yeah, we don't think, um, you know, well, Zach, Merritt and Jake Springer might be 50-50 for Anzac Day. Mm. That came from nowhere because uh, I think a poster, it might have been Scooter, I can't remember, Scoot, if you, it was you, but um, somebody said oh, he, had, he was in a moon boot on Friday. So um, I'm not sure how uh, Zach Merritt could be in a moon boot on Friday and be half a chance to play um, Anzac Day. So... I don't know if that was just a throwaway line, but if it's going to your members, you'd hope it had some resemblance of truth around it. Um, 
And yeah, like yeah, I, I don't know about players playing players who are underdone. We just saw last week with uh, Will Snelling what happens. Yeah. Um, but I'll just read out one last thing, mate. Um, another pod on at the moment. Um, what do we call it? The Rish and Raff um, yep. podcast. And this is Darcy Parrish, his quote from that. It was a disappointing day. It's hurting us all. We have spoken about it, reviewed it, and can't wait to respond this week and show what we are capable of. I know all the boys will. So um, talk is cheap, mate, but um, these are the kind of things I want to see, even if it's all in paper at the moment, if you put a statement like that out, you must show, like the collective group must show real vigour come Monday. Absolutely, mate. Um, you know, the club have put themselves in this position, um, you know, from their poor performances, really. Um, so it is on them to respond. Um, and as I say, uh, talk's cheap, so we'll wait to see what happens uh, out on the park on Anzac Day, mate. And, mate, just on that injury news, um, I've just got the, the latest Essendon update, and this is where you think the club is almost treating us as fools. This is the, uh, this is the estimated player returns at the moment. So you've got Patrick Bost to be classified. We know he went down with a stress fracture um, last week. Jake Stringer. One to two weeks away. That's not 50-50, Matt. No. James Stewart, two or three weeks away. Will Snelling, three or four weeks away. Phillips, still to be classified. Zach Merritt, three to four weeks away. <laughs> now, how can you say to your members, oh, 50-50 chance of getting up for Anzac Day? Like, don't give us false hope. Don't throw these kind of lines away like mm. I'm very confused by that statement um, so these are the kind of things that like if you're going to put something out to your members you'd hope for it to be truthful mm. um, so you know like I hope that wasn't a throwaway to try and you know, go save face so to speak but um, yeah the whole thing's pretty disappointing to be honest but um why don't we have our final break, mate? We'll come back and somehow, mate, do buy the numbers. And you're listening to Dom's Cast. If you are, well done. Um, <laughs> Sorry, mate, but I'm, you know, like, uh, I'm surprised anyone wants to listen after um, the performances were put up and probably to me whinging. But um, anyway, let's um, get on with it and let's start with number one, Andy McGrath. Yeah, I wasn't overly impressed with his game, Joan. I thought, yeah, like he, he gets involved every now and then, but it seems to me like he goes missing for large periods of the game and particularly when you know, the, the contest really gets hot. 
um, he seems to drop away. So I thought it was a pretty disappointing game from McGrath, despite his yeah, 23 disposals and five clearances. Um, for me, just had very little impact on the game. I've uh, been calling it all, all year almost. Put this guy in a half-back wing mm. and just make him a stopper again. Like, I think, like, I know Zach Merritt's out and they're trying to make him into a midfielder, but I'd rather this time be put into Hobbs and um, Perkins yep. and see what they can produce in the midfield and get give Andy a task each week and... Because that's where he played his best footy, mate. That's where he won his uh, Rising Star Award. And, you know, I just don't see a midfielder. His kicking's not good enough. Yeah. When we've already got Parrish, you can butcher it at times. Shield can butcher it. You know, we need to put people who at least some decent kicks, you know, like Zach Merritt, we know he's our best user. Mm. But, you know, I think Perkins could be a very good user of the footy. Um, You know, so... These are the kind of moments where I hope Truck looks at and thinks about playing Andy in a new position because, you know, his faults are really glaring um, where he's being played at the moment. Mm -hmm. Sam Draper, mate, he's the shadow of the player that um, we thought we were getting. And and I've got to uh, hesitate to say this. He's he's only played 25 games of footy, mate, and he's Mm -hmm. come from a, a different background to most kids. Yep. Um, you know, he's, he's come from a soccer background, so we have to be um, understanding of that. But, um, you know, to take six marks for the year and only one contested, mm. like, how long are we going to just put up with that? Like, to me, um, he needs some game time in the twos. Or yep. if you're going to play Nick Bryan um, as the second ruckman, the only problem is I don't see... Nick Bryan or Sam Draper being a real threat up forward. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's a decision that would have to be made. But I'd be more inclined to bring Bryan and Baldwin in and um, and having a go at that kind of setup and, you know, giving Drapes a chance to either get his body right or, you know, get some form in the twos. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing. If, he's, if his body's not right, like, let's not force it because... You know, give it injury, um, a sort of Essendon's uh, history will force them into injury. Um, but you're right. Uh, yeah, one thing with Nick Bryan, I mean, he's played what two games in his uh, in his career. Um, no, he's only played the one. He played, played against the, Carlton last year, mate. That's it. And he, yeah, thirty did. Uh, he did pretty well in that game. Yeah, deserves an opportunity. He can use the footy very well for a big bloke, I reckon. Um, uh, like around the ground, um, quite athletic and mobile. So, uh, you know, it'd be it'd be worth um, chucking in there. But for Sam Draper, again, zero marks, not good enough. Um, yeah, had thirty hitouts, but again, did they necessarily advantage our midfielders? I don't, I don't really think so. Um, yeah, certainly need a lot, a lot more output from him. Obviously, he's a young ruckman, plenty of time for development, but. Um, yeah, certainly not uh, uh, not setting the world on fire as of yet. Uh, Darcy Parrish, mate, it may look good on a stat sheet, 33 disposals, uh, 11 kicks, 22 handballs, four marks and two tackles. But, um, 
those defensive efforts are just deplorable. Yeah. And, you know, he really needs to add a bit of, uh, you know, mongrel to his game uh, defensively mm. because it, it, uh, his effort real damning and it reflects our whole team. Well, and that's the that's the thing, Jane, because you look at it and seven clearances, two goal assists. You think that's that's pretty good, but like there was so much, so many times we just saw him, you know, either flat-footed or walking when the ball was still in transition. And the the thing that stands out to me there is like, and it, obviously not just Parish, but like he's supposed to be one of our more senior players, um, and that's that's what I suppose intent he is showing out there. Um, so it's all good getting involved when the ball, you know, is up for dispute kind of thing. But when the ball's, you know, flinging back the other way, um, you have to not only think, can I uh, impact this contest, but also like, where's the ball going next? Can I get to that next person? Can I lay a body on that person to pressure their uh, ability to win the footy? Uh, and we're not seeing that. So that, that's the disappointing thing for me. Um, so that's why well, I think despite his... His you know, big numbers on the stat sheet, I didn't think he had much impact on the game. Yeah. Uh, Devin Smith, mate, he, look, he's had his most tackles that I can remember for a long time, six mm. tackles. Yeah. Um, and he's like 16 disposals, quite high for him. He's mm. really easily sub 10. Yeah. Um, 13 kicks, three air balls. But, jeez, uh, mate, he is wasteful in front of goal and... Yeah, as you said, mate, a bit selfish at times. Um, so you're in two minds. Though. Does that earn him another game on Anzac Day? Or, you know, are you going to say that we don't want that in our side? We we want players that are going to play for one another. So mm. I'm interested in see Truck's take on that on Thursday. Yeah. Or Friday it'll be probably. Yeah, so, I mean... And that's the thing because there's one like I'll look at it two ways where he did play with intent, like he played angry. Uh, we saw him make some big tackles, which was great. And you know, I've said it before, I'd much rather guys have a shot at goal rather than be hesitant and kick it around and we cough the foot up, footy up anyway. But the fact is, he got 16 disposals and his disposal efficiency, Jane, was 43.8%. Yeah, that's not good enough, not good enough. Um, you know. He didn't only kick you know, three behinds, but he had like four or five shots on goal. All of them, you have to say, ineffective. Um, so it's not good enough. You're a senior player. If you're going to call for that ball um, you know, to take the shot off someone else, you've got to put it through. Uh, so, yeah, I think mate, pretty selfish. The other thing with him, mm. he, he's struggling to kick 30 metres. I, I, you know, I'm not joking about that. Um yeah, I, I don't have any faith of him kicking 40 plus at, at any stage. You know, he he either his knees are shot or he, you know, because it's like this wasn't the Dev Smith we recruited. Like, you remember his best of Ferris year, mate? Like, the amount of impact he would have on contests. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those knees must be really shot. And the damning thing is we signed him up for two more years last year, you know, like, mm. uh, again, that's a recruitment decision or management, list management decision. Someone has to own that. Yep. 
Uh, agreed. Uh, ben Hobbs, mate. Um, uh, Jai Caldwell. Jai Caldwell, I missed him. Sorry, mate. Um, yeah, for me, for mine, he, he bobbed up every now and then. Um, but again, he, he just seems like one of those players that like, he'll pick up a few cheapies here and there. Does win his hard footy, don't get me wrong. Um, but overall, he doesn't have a massive impact on the game for mine. Um, he's one I'd, I really would have hoped to have stepped up, you know, with uh, merit going down to, you know, take a bit more midfield time, win a few more clearances. But, you know, he played nearly 80% of game time, uh, just the one clearance. Um, you know, kicked a goal, had a couple of goal assists. So, like, he is one who is busting his gut. I, and I fully believe that. He is busting his gut to try and uh, get us in... Um, yeah, better positions to win games, but um, yeah, certainly, uh, yeah, and he's he's still played what less than twenty games or something, James. So he's still um, still got a lot of development to go. But um, yeah, I still think his his game overall was uh, yeah fairly average on the weekend. Here's the conundrum for me: is that he doesn't play enough in the midfield, like at the at the heat of the contest. Yeah. Um, you know, I reckon a lot of that game, uh, every every centre bounce I saw, Parrish, Shield, and McGrath. You know, and we've got to expand on that. Yeah, you know, you've got to rotate, do your rotations. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think Corbell needs to get more time in the in the middle for these kind of things. Yeah, you know? and this is where I'm saying push McGrath back to to a halfback flank. Getting to be like a creative halfback, um, whilst also nullifying the player, and give Caldwell Caldwell these kind of minutes in the midfield, and hopefully he develops because he's you know very highly regarded. Um, even at GWS, um, you know he was very highly regarded. And they really didn't want to let him go, but the fear is he's not a half forward flanker, mate. He's not a wingman. He needs to play in the heart of the contest. Now uh, we can move to Ben Hobbs there, mate. And um, yeah, you gave him a vote. And, yeah, it was great to see him play his first game. Yeah, I thought he had a, a quite solid game for us. Like again, like those five tackles really stand out. Like he he goes with intent. Um, he's got a funny old kicking style, James. That's certainly an area of his game he needs to work at you know, in terms of disposal efficiency. But um, certainly he doesn't lack for desire at the contest. So I thought he had a decent game. Yep, I agree. Um, yeah, and it was good to see him get. Some real meaningful minutes in that last term, and um, yeah, I, yeah, I would have been a bit embarrassed as a senior player to see his output um, in one quarter of footy in the middle. Um, yeah, make me look over my shoulder, mate. If, um, if this guy, I reckon, is going to be a real legitimate long-term player for us uh, in the in the heart of the battle. Mm. Dylan Shield, mate, we both gave him votes. Um, you know, I think we both agree he had a much better first half than second half. Yep. But um, I think he's had a pretty consistent year, apart from missing the games he missed. It, like, I think I can see a change in him a little. Like, I think he's using the ball much better than he yep. has in the past. Um, how, what's your feels on that? Yeah, I think his uh, decision-making certainly much improved. He's, he's lowering the eyes. He's um, you know, looking for better options. Um, he's yeah, showing his willingness to you know, try and cut a path through the midfield. Um, 
and you know, release players in better positions. So I think much improved. Tom Cutler um, got his chance very early in the game, mate, because of Andrew Phillips' injury. Mm. And I've got to say, uh, apart from missing that shot, he should have kicked. Um, I found him pretty ineffective, to be honest. I yep. didn't see a lot of him that um, endeared me to his efforts. Like He had a lot of friends, mind you. But, I, yep. I mean, again, zero tackles. And, you know, these are the kind of things that, we want to see pressure acts and so forth. So be interesting to see if he holds his spot. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I thought he had an ineffective game, as you said. Um, yeah, like that that's the kind of stuff that we were, you know, previously, um, you know, having a crack at him for, like his, his lack of defensive um, effort and ability to impact on a game. And, um, yeah, it's games like this one where you go, buddy, I hope he hasn't, you know, relapsed. Um but hopefully he um, comes back stronger, but certainly on the game, um, yeah, no effect. Uh, Nick Cox returned from injury. Um, he started the game quite well, I thought, especially in the first half. Mm. Um, certainly dropped away, uh, but as I said, uh, the whole team did basically after halftime. But, um, yeah, still I'd like to see him be a bit more assured around goal, um, especially... Yeah within those 30 metre range. Like mm. um, I think he's talented enough to be able to kick these goals. So I really hope the club's investing time into these set shots. Yep. Um, because that's what's going to create make him a you know, really impactful player. If he can um, you know, use that height, be able to use his athleticism to run forward and take marks and hopefully finish off. So uh, yeah, I want to see them keep playing games. In sometimes I think he's very slow with his decision making, but understanding, yeah. you know, he missed all that footy, um, and you know, in his development years, so you know, it'll probably take him some time. But um, yeah, I just thought it was an average game from Nick. Yeah, like he showed um, showed glimpses every now and then where he took a he'd take a good mark here or there. Um, Actually, laid a few tackles, which was uh, really good to see from from Cox to show that defensive intent. I, I thought he had a solid game overall, like as a developing player. Um, and certainly, I'd I'd hope, um, yeah, the club instill a lot more confidence in him. Uh, so when he takes those shots, he goes back with confidence to um, put him through. Um, so yeah, I, I I thought he had a solid game for us. Jordan Ridley, um, as I said, we both said this moment, he's, he's not the player he was last year or the year before, mm-hmm. but I think it's more, whether it's the instruction from the coaching group or he's not creative, he's not playing creative football. Yep. It's all short, 15, 20-metre kicks. Um, you know, if you take out his stats from kick-outs, you know, he's not getting the footy match at all. Because he's not winning, yeah, he's not winning um, marking contests at the moment. He's not even in the frame to win those. Mm. Um, and yeah, they're all, as I said, fifteen to twenty minute, kick, uh, twenty meter kicks. You know, on an angle, easily to push us down the boundary line. So um, again, how much of that is coaching and how much is it confidence? I'm not sure, but the coaching group. Have to get the best out of this guy because he's super talented. 
He is, mate. Um, so whatever's going on, whether he's you know, carrying injury or just not um, uh, sort of backing himself into the um, you know, making those kicks we know he's capable of, um, not sure. He's still doing enough to be saying, like, he's doing a job. So I'd still say he played a solid game, but he's certainly not performing to the level that we know he's capable of. So, um, yeah, hopefully he only lifts from here, mate. Jaden Laverde, fresh off the signing a three-year deal, mate, uh, which is great news. Um, playing, you know, pretty much as an undersized fullback at the moment. Um, and he, he he did his best, mate. Uh, like it was pretty tough for him on um, having his share of time on Tavna. But um, he also like is he takes a lot of marks, like defensive marks that intercept play and so forth. But, um, yeah, I thought he had a, a decent game and did as best as he could. Yep. Um, yeah, obviously he gave him votes. I reckon he had a, yeah, quite a good game for us. Uh, yeah, and just love that he yeah, he performs week in, week out, Jane. Yeah. Uh, Archie Perkins really struggled. Um, as I said, two possessions up for three-quarter time. Um He's my daughter's favourite player, so she's got his number on her back and um, uh, his number on her back. And um, yeah, she, she was a bit um, disappointed with his efforts at the three quarter time. But having said that, uh, he's playing dead man's land um, when the ball wasn't coming down very fluently to a forward line. And yeah, the, the coaching staff didn't want to give him any run out of there, so he was stuck, you know. Like, mm. um, in the last quarter, we saw some creative stuff from him. Um, and I really hope he wasn't under fitness cloud to play that game because I'd rather give games to players who are fit and get him right for the next game, if you know yeah. what I mean. So yeah. um, what's your take? Yeah, I definitely agree with that, James. Like there's a you know, illness cloud, injury cloud, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, he certainly shouldn't have been um, playing and risking him um, you know, get a get a worse injury or you know, become even more sick, whatever the case may be, uh, because he certainly didn't look like his, his lively self. Um, and uh, yeah, when he did have the footy, he, he still made uh, yeah decent use of it. But um, yeah, six disposals, uh, you're obviously not finding it enough. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like I, I've got no doubt he'll he'll come back. Um, yeah raring to go for the next game, but certainly uh, yeah, a pretty average game from him on the night. A player that well, I wasn't expecting this. I, I thought he played really well against Adelaide, mm. but um, Nick Hind, mate, I, he, he looked totally disinterested. He didn't, wasn't prepared to run. Um, it was like it was too hard for him. Yep. Eight disposals, eight kicks. Um four marks and three tackles. And, you know, just we needed him to be that really burst player that can break the lines from the de defence and uh, get it forward. And, yeah, I just found him incredibly almost uh, lazy in, in that he wasn't prepared to run and it was like it was too hard for him. Yeah, it was a pretty underwhelming performance, you have to say, James. Um, 
you know, we he's one we lauded last year of having huge numbers of metres gained, you know, being able to create, run and carry from that back line. You know, all these eight disposals, James, um, 187 metres gained from the total of that. And, like, that's that's not a Nick Hind game that, that we know that he's capable of. Um, so whatever's going down in, in Bomberland, whether, whether, again, he was one of those ones potentially under the uh, cloud of illness or whatever, uh, we certainly need more output than that. Um, so, yeah, got a lift. Uh, players started the season really well, Peter Wright. 12 goals going into the game. Uh, sadly, he wouldn't add to that. Uh, yeah, he was just double team, triple teamed at times. And um, yeah, again, I didn't think the club helped him that much. Like, you know, considering how um, Draper wasn't marking around the ground, I, I thought an extended run on the, you know, as the ruck, mm. um, even though you don't want him to get injured, I just felt like that would have. At least shifted um, the mindset of Frio because they just, as to use their term, anchored him basically, just made sure that he could not um, get any free contested ball. And if he was to take a mark, he'd have to beat two or three players. And yeah, um, again, uh, he needs support. He does. I'd definitely take uh, take that. I think you're correct, but in saying that, you know, when you see footage of him, you know, effectively just raising his hand up, calling for the ball to be bombed on his head, um, and then it's taken out of his hands by Pierce or uh, or Darcy or um, uh, you know the the defenders down there, he's not doing himself any favors. He needs to he needs to work. He needs to lead up at the footy. Um, you can't just expect uh, that, you know you're going to get it given to you on a silver platter when we know um, our entries inside 50 are pretty woeful at the moment. Um, so I, I think, you know, as, as much as he did need support and was lacking that on the day, I certainly think he uh, he could have done a lot more uh, to present at the footy and, um, you know, change things around, you know, use his abilities as a more athletic and mobile ruckman or uh, sort of tall forward um, option to um, stretch the defence, and I don't think he tried that um, really at any stage of the game. Um, certainly not to the level that he's capable of. So I, I, I think it was a pretty poor game for Peter Wright. Dyson Apple mate, we talked about he's had a lot of the ball, thirty-four disposals, only thirteen kicks, and twenty-one handballs, seven marks, and, and zero tackles, but. It's more like the panic handballs because he's just doesn't have any speed to break away anymore. Um, and yeah, he's trying. Yeah, his efforts are valiant. Like you know, he's definitely trying um, to impact the contest. But you know, uh, it's it's hard for him because some of his attributes aren't helping him, especially when the competition's so fierce at you know forward pressure. Mm. Um, you know, he's not a player that is wonderfully skilled, so he needs some space and time to use the footy well to make good decisions. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just think that yeah, a lot of his decision making was under pressure on on Sunday. Yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, I think 
I mean, from what I, I still think he had an average game. Yes, he got to a lot of footy and he, he tried really hard, but uh, I still think as a leader, you need to um, you know, bring blokes along with you. Uh, that's what demonstrates the, the true value of a leader. And we've seen him do that in like previous games where he's taken a big mark or you know, going back with a pack or whatever it is. But he's, his body still seems like he's, uh, he's really having to force it uh, to, to get to, to contest his... Um, certainly not moving as, as mobile as I'm sure he would like. Um, but I do just want to say, like, yeah, for everyone, you know, lumping in on Heppel and, and say, no, nah, he shouldn't be the captain, drop him, or whatever the case may be, I still don't think it's it's time for that. Yes, I'm not super happy with his, with his performance or anything like that, but, you know, I look around at the, you know, at the list and I think realistically who else can take that position. I still think Dyson Heppel, um, you know, is, you know, our, our most sort of experienced and uh, most capable leader as it stands currently. However, uh, in saying that, I don't think the players are playing for him. Um, so whether he's lost him along the way somewhere, um, he needs to rekindle that. Um, and to me, um, just saying you're hurting, doesn't necessarily reflect what we see as fans. Um, you know, when we see everyone having a good old laugh and, and a chat, you know, to the other players who've just pantsed you out on the park and then you say, oh, no, no, we're hurting, you know, in front of the cameras. Um, you know, it, it reads as, uh, you know, pretty, pretty feeble, um, you know, to my mind in terms of, you know, what you say and what you do. Um but I still back him as a captain. So, yeah, whatever's going on, I, I hope he uh, uh, is able to rekindle uh, some spark and, and his leadership potential because we saw how important it was last year. Um, but we just need to find it again. So, um, uh, yeah, hoping he lifts. Now, Sam Durham, mate, we, we both admire his tenacity and effort. But uh, there's... Games where you just um, wonder, like, how much value he's adding because, um, to me, like, like he had 15 disposals, five kicks. Sorry, yeah, five kicks and 10 handballs, one mark and just one tackle. Mm-hmm. He, he was running around like a chicken with no head. But, um, yeah, I, yeah, I'd like to see him, you know, obviously it's going to take time, but develop a bit more to actually impact the contest because mm. at the moment his, his effort's definitely there and anyone can see it, mm. but um, you've got to have impact as well. Yeah, you do. I mean, he did have the nine contested possessions, so he scrapped for everything, but um, as you say, he had little impact on the um, on the outcome overall. So, um, yeah, despite his best and most valiant efforts, uh, I do think it was a... A fairly average game from Durham. Uh, Mason Redmond, uh, again, he he tries hard, maybe there's times where he, you know, he makes some pretty poor decisions, mm. um, which can be really costly. And uh, again, he, he was another one that had a really good game the week before, but you know, I didn't think he played as well this week. No. I certainly agree with all that, James. 
Um, yeah, he'd done some good things like you know taking that mark and putting his putting his knee into O'Driscoll. Um, then he made some bonehead decisions at times and um, coughed up the footy on others. Um, so yeah, a bit of a an average game uh, from my reading for Redmond. Yeah, um, Jake Kelly, mate. Um, we both lauded his performance and may have been helped by that quote we played. But um, yeah, I think he's been a really good addition. Yeah. Um, mind you, he's had a perfect chance to show his wares with the amount of ball that's been coming down our back line. Um, but he's certainly under a lot of pressure. But he seems like a a, a cool head at times. Um, you know, again, not perfectly skilled or anything like that, but you can certainly take a contested mark. And that's been sorely lacking in our defensive half, apart from him and Liberty. Mm. Yep. Yeah, I um, nah. Again, gave him both. I thought he he played a solid game for us. He's he's played a really important role. He he battles hard all day. Um, so while he's not as clean as uh, as he'd like or we'd like with the footy at all times, he um, yeah he's he's one guy um, we know is giving his giving his all. Um, so uh, nah, good game from Jake Kelly. Mate, I'm interested in your thoughts on this. We've had some conversations about this player, Brendan Zerkbasio. Um, like I, I thought, defensively, he did a great job on. Rory Lobb, who has hurt us in the past, yep. um, kept him goalless, mate. But um, geez, decision making is like five seconds below what it needs to be. Yeah, um, and that can turn into some horror turnovers. Um, yeah, so he, again, that decision making has to be coached and has to be. Yeah, you know, he, he has to learn to to react much quicker than he currently does mm. because, uh, yeah, the turnovers are actually really costly and, um, yeah, I guess it comes from experience as well. So um, I feel for him a little bit. He's been in and out of sides um, and, you know, um, you know he's, I'd say he'll stay in for at least the next couple of weeks um, uh, unless they go with Zach Reed and, and drop him. But I... I think on the back of that performance, I'd keep him in after you know, his defensive efforts on Rory Long. Yeah, I think like he is, I suppose, astute as a stopper, but his use of the footy, as you sort of, um, as you say, uh, can be left wanting. Um, you know, four big clangers. And I guess he's a bit of a victim of the area of the ground he plays at. Uh, you know, down back, if you make a clanger down there, more than likely there's, it's going to end up in a score. Um, going straight over your head. So, um, yeah, a bit of a victim of that. Um, did try hard, had six marks. Um, I still think he's a limited defender, but um, uh, look, he did keep Lob um, you know, goalless, as you say. Um, so you've got to um, yeah appreciate him for, for that uh, performance. But, um, yeah, I'd say a solid game at best. Andrew Phillips, mate, we didn't see much of him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you say, uh, he actually didn't record a stat, but a part of, from a tackle. So he had one tackle, mate. But um, yeah, and uh, a hit out as well, Jay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, one hit out again. And then um, 
you, know, you could see early, even before he went off, he, he was going down forward as well. So mm-hmm. obviously the plan was when Draper went into ruck, him and, um, you know, Peter Wright would be the key forward targets. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, we only saw about five minutes of that before he was off with a hamstring injury. So uh, it's been the tale of him since he joined the Bombers, mate. He plays his about four or five games each year and, you know, battles injury, but always seems to make an impact when he plays. Um, so he must get frustrated in, in his body as well. But, um, you know, not much to say about uh, Andrew Phillips on the day. That poor bugger. Hope he gets well soon. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mac Ralphie, yeah, love his effort, mate. He's um, he, he works so hard. Uh, um, yeah, he doesn't always impact the contest, but uh, if, if you see him live, mate, he, he must do a, amount of, a, a massive amount of case because, you know, at, at high speed as well. Yeah, mate, he, he does zip around, um, everywhere, Mac Ralphie. So, yeah, love his efforts always. Um, yeah, I think to take seven marks around the ground shows he's, he's willing to spread and create an option. Uh, take three tackles, like that's um, like a good attribute for his defensive efforts, especially playing at that forward half of the ground um, there. But, um, yeah, just his willingness to get involved um, is always a, a pleasure to see. Uh, doesn't always use the footy uh, the greatest when it's 60%. Uh, but we always know that uh, golf is always going to do um, you know, what he can to try and advance uh, you know, the Bombers uh, and our, our chances of winning the games of footy. But unfortunately, um, yeah, I, I think he had a, an okay game, but just um, you know, didn't have a lot of impact for mine. Uh, but obviously, you, you were at the game, saw it, uh, saw it differently, gave him votes. So, um, yeah, still commend his efforts. Yeah, um, and Nick Barton, mate, uh, again, both gave him votes. Uh, you know, his body, like, it, it's almost noticeable uh, how underdeveloped his body is compared to uh, a couple of the younger players who have been in the system longer, um, and that has an impact on him being able to hold tackles and so forth. That's why that seemed... Tackle. I don't think he's laid a tackle since he started um, playing mate, in the senior team. But his skill is is great, and his hands are great um, in terms of you know, picking up the ball in in heat. So um, yeah, I thought it was another good game by me. Yeah, again, class user. Um, you know, kicked a couple of really nice goals. Had a goal assist as well. Could have kicked a third, but unfortunately, just uh, just missed that one. I think he's putting together a really good um, season so far and, yeah, just loving his output. So, yeah, good game for me. Yeah, I think finally it's uh, Alec Waterman, mate. That's it. Uh, yeah, again, didn't have a lot of impact. The way the ball came in really didn't suit him. So, like, obviously he only had the six disposals, uh, three kicks and three handballs, but he did kick two goals. Um, so he's a good kick for goal when he gets the opportunity, mate. But, uh, yeah, he didn't get much opportunity on the night. Certainly didn't. Um, so, but look, you know, it's a forward, he's kicked his two goals. Um, you know, he's, he, I suppose, took the opportunities when he had them, but very few opportunities. Um, it's a bit, 
must be pretty difficult work to uh, to function in a dysfunctional forward line. Um, yeah, with uh, with not great forward entries inside the forward fifty there. So, um, yeah, congrats for the two goals, but um, apart from that, had very minimal impact on the game. Yeah, well, mate, um, yeah, it's, it's always hard to do these shows. Yeah, I think I feel a little bit better because I got to vent a little bit. Um, yeah, I would expect some feedback from, from probably maybe going too hard at times and. Um, you know, we we understand everyone should have their opinion. So, you know, if you if you feel like we've been we've overdone it tonight, or you know, um, you know, please let us know. It's just how we feel. Um, you know, one thing's for sure: we both love the club. Um, you know, we'll still be here every week. You know, supporting the boys no matter what. Um, it's just painful at the moment to. Uh, to see the performance that's been put out at the moment. Um, yeah, so let's uh, hope, um, you know, with Anzac Day approaching, um, you know, the club really bunkers down. Um, sorry to use a war reference, uh, you know, coming towards um, Anzac Day, but, um, yeah, we really need that from the team. Show us, you know, what changes they're prepared to make and, and, and how much difference we can put out on the park with effort. And I'm sure we'll see effort on Monday. Let's hope so, James. Uh, yeah, because the boys definitely need to lift. Yeah. All right, well, um, till next time, go Bombers. Go Dons. <laughs>